As we hear our scripture this morning, it comes from Luke chapter 13, verses 1 through 9. That very time there were some present who told him about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. He asked them, Do you think that because these Galileans suffered in this way, they were worse sinners than all other Galileans? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will perish as they did. Or those 18 who were killed when the Tower of Shalom fell on them, do you think they were worse offenders than all others living in Jerusalem? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all perish just as they did. Then he told this parable. A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came looking for fruit on it and found none. So he said to the gardener, See here, for three years I've come looking for fruit on this fig tree, and still I've found none. Cut it down. Why should it be wasting the soil? He replied, Sir, let it alone for one more year until I dig around it and put manure on it. If it bears fruit next year, then good. But if not, you can cut it down. Word of God to the people of God. Thanks be to God. That's always been a bit of a bizarre parable, but we'll we'll talk about that as we get into it. But uh, who am I to question what's in the Word of God? We want to thank everybody here this morning so that uh, you are worshiping with us this week online here in the house. Thank you for being here. Be reminded that we are all part of the Good Shepherd family, and we invite you to interact with us here in the house or as you are respond to us online. Our Lenten sermon series this morning, Gathered Up in Jesus, continues. As we continue our journey to the cross this Lenten season, remember that we are gathered in the name, in the arms of Jesus throughout our lives like a hen gathers her brood under her wings. Our theme verse for this series is found in Luke's Gospel, 13th chapter, 34th verse. It reminds us of Jesus' love for his people as he laments over Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often has I, have I desired to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings and you were not willing As we recognize Christ's loving grace around us, we are called to live a deeper faith-filled living. We are reminded that no matter how crazy and unpredictable life can be, we are covered with Jesus' unconditional love. Rest assured that we are never, never outside of God's love and protection. We continue to recognize our humanness, seek reconciliation, offer repentance, practice self-denial, and desire a deeper connection to Christ as we move deeper into Lent. There are habits we need to remove and disciplines that we should increase as we demonstrate our need for repentance. By confessing our shortcomings, we receive forgiveness. By seeking to grow closer to God, we deepen our relationship with God. By participating in, in opportunities to reorder our lives individually and as a faith community, we become more committed followers of Christ. Lent allows us a time to dig deeper into our faith practices, compare our lives to Christ's examples, and realize our hope comes from Christ. 
During Lent, we recognize that we are not alone on our faith journey or on our journey to embrace God's new thing here at Good Shepherd. We know that as we continue to seize the opportunity of Lent, that we grow in knowledge and wisdom, recognize our need for more Christ, more discipleship, and more connection. The first Sunday in Lent, we, we explore Jesus' temptations in the wilderness and his, re, his responses to the adversary. Jesus demonstrated that temptation is a part of life, but our response to temptation shows our deep commitment to our faith. Jesus' choices made the cross inevitable for him while demonstrating his love for us. Our responses to life's temptations are determined by our ability to perceive the divine that is within us rather than to rely on our human frailty. We recognize that God's ways are different from our own as we grow deeper in our relationship with God. Last week we focused on those images of Jesus, those images that deepen our understanding of who Jesus is, how Jesus is made real for us, and the images that enable us to connect with Jesus. The images of Jesus that best describe and define Jesus personally for us is that image of Jesus that comforts us, surrounds us, and gathers us in when circumstances of life threaten to overwhelm us. When we feel disconnected from and forsaken by God, it is these images of Jesus that draw us away from those self-imposed barriers to God. The solution for any problem is Jesus and Jesus' unconditional love. Luke reminded us that Jesus is our shelter from the world's brokenness. It is in Jesus that we find our security, our safety, our meaning and purpose. We are reminded that as beloved children of God, we are charged with loving others in the same manner with which we are loved. Now today, we're invited to live a fruitful life. Our Our text this morning calls us to go beyond questioning and blame, to live our lives as as they are as precious to us as they are in the sight of God. In her poem, This Summer Day, Mary Oliver asked, Tell me, what is your plan to do with your one and precious life? What is your plan to do with your one and precious life? Maybe that's the question that Jesus asks us this morning. Tell me, Regina, what is your plan to do with your one wild and precious life? I want you to say that together, and I want you to insert your name when you say, Tell me, Regina, what is your plan to do with your one and precious life? Ask yourself that question. We all want our lives to matter, don't we? We want our lives to make a difference in this world and in the lives of others. Jesus provides for us the opportunity to find our purpose and direction. He calls us to bear fruit. Now, just like there's varied fruit that are produced in many of the varieties of trees that exist, we have a variety of fruit that is produced in us and for God's kingdom. So, what does it mean to be fruitful? What kind of fruit lies within you? What benefit to God's kingdom, our families, our faith community, our greater community, does your fruit bring? 
Now, we can't answer that this morning, and we can't answer that in a one small package because we're all different. It takes time and effort for us un- to understand and experience our own fruitfulness, but that's not an excuse not to, to, for us to just sit and wait for our fruit to bloom and blossom. We've got to work at discovering what that fruit is. Through worship and the Holy Spirit's invitation, we learn to be more fu- fruitful. We discover gifts, we experience our calling, and we hear God speak as we feel the divine nudge in our lives. Through prayer, we seek guidance and and direction for our service and for our witness. Through mission and service, we seize the moment and recognize our connection to humanity and to all of creation. As we worship together, we recognize that being gathered in Jesus is not solely for our own benefit, but for the impact that we have on our spheres of influence. When we bear fruit, transformation begins to take root around us. Do you remember traveling in a car? Some of you won't, but remember traveling in a car before bucket seats and third row options? It was a one bench seat. And if you were lucky, you had a rear windshield deck to lie down and escape the stickiness of that vinyl seat in the summertime that was the original heated seat. I can remember riding on the floorboard of the back seat to escape that cramped travel space before there were seat belts and, and, and uh, car seat options. It was in these travel adventures that my sister and I had some of our most epic disagreements. Mom, she's touching me. Dad, don't make her, make her stay on her side of the car. Hey, don't touch, my, don't touch your feet with my pillow. These demands usually ended with an imaginary line being drawn down the middle of the back seat that was not to be crossed by any body part, object, or crazy look. Some of you are laughing. You've been there. However, as soon as the parental units turned their head towards where we were headed, one of us would instinctively reach across that line just because we could. And then the disruption would begin again. This scenario ensued until the threat of pulling over the car for further discussion on understanding of the boundary ended the argument. It was like the itch of picking a fight wouldn't subside until the consequences of our actions outweighed the enjoyment of the battle. Now, we've long since outgrown our backseat battles and have grown to appreciate each other's different personalities. We've learned to complement each other's strengths and support our weaknesses as we work together as a team to accomplish any task before us. But it took time and maturity to develop beyond childhood drama and sibling annoyances. Life can be full of these opportunities to pick a fight, can it? From warring nations seeking power and money to governments, political parties, faith denominations, shifting blame and pointing fingers... Disunity is a product of our broken world and misaligned society. After, after the pandemic and, and our worldly landscape, conflict seems worse than ever, doesn't it? We have lost the art of compromise and a level of civility by which we once prided ourselves. Yet as Christians, <clears throat> we are called to bear fruit in this inflammatory, frustrated, panic-stricken, and fear-mongering world in which we live, despite the pandemonium going on around us. Is Luke trying to pick a fight with us this morning? Or at least with his first hearers? 
Our scripture reading this morning presents some vague historical reference and even a more ambiguous parable for our exploration this morning. First of all, who are the some present? It's like modern day they who seemingly have a lot to say. No one really knows or will admit who some present and they are. But some present, whoever they are, came to tell Jesus about an event. Can we be more obscure than that? We don't really know what event some present were telling us but, or telling Jesus about or, or what their motivation was for telling their story. We don't even have details on, on the falling of the Tower of Siloam or the Galileans who were killed making sacrifices. No other gospel writers mention these events, nor are there any historical references or evidence of these happenings. Now, Pilate was rumored to, to have been a brutal in his treatment of Jews and, and other historical writings, even though the gospel writers portray him as, as helpless and a little bit wishy-washy. But stories have it, with rumors of an uprising in Jerusalem, Pilate sent undercover soldiers to, to research for ringleaders and to dispel them, to kill them if necessary. These efforts resulted in, in creating bedlam in the temple and profaning daily worship by creating unclean circumstances until proper rituals could be performed for cleansing. These some presents were, were likely folks who were trying to get Jesus to take a political side in this controversy. But as usual, Jesus didn't take the bait. What Jesus did do was sidestep the theological issue of people deserving their, their, un, their sinful fate. He speaks not of the ranking of our sin, but of the need for overall repentance. Salvation for Jesus was about living, not about dying. The parable of the fig tree is recorded in Luke. Contrast this tree that is just taking up space with the one that should bear fruit. Jesus wanted the gardener to cut down this unproductive tree, but the gardener wanted to give it one more chance. The question that is inferred for us in this parable this morning is, what kind of tree do you want to be? One that bears fruit or one that just takes up space? What are we going, how are we going to live our lives? As Christians who, who just take up space or, or show up for worship in person or online and, and claim the rewards of Christian living... Or, or are we going to be faithful followers of Christ who want to influence others for Christ, make disciples, serve our neighbors, love, love others as Jesus loved? Will we bear fruit? The choice is before each and every one of us every day. We can spend our lives casting blame and picking fights, or we can live as Jesus lived. We can walk in the middle way and, and live so that unity, harmony, peace, justice, and love prevail. We must love God and God's creation, all people included, more than we love power, wealth, and prestige. As Andy Stanley said in part this week as he addressed the Georgia State Legislature as chaplain of the day, problems are solved in the middle. Lead from the middle. Division is going to be present but disunity is a choice. Let us be the one who stand in the middle seeking unity. May we live our lives so that others see Christ in us and see the way that leads to Christ. That's what we're called to do as Christians. Let others see Christ in us. So I ask the question today, what are you living for?
from this place bearing fruit and knowing that your life is in God's hands. Amen. Amen.